0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Do. I hope everybody had a great week. We have an A-Gamer guest on today, my good friend Johnny Beltran, retired Navy SEAL. Six years Navy SEALs and business owner right now. Johnny, welcome. How's it going, man? How are you? All right, doing great. Thank goodness it's warming up. It's starting to become spring here. I know. How about you? Well, I'm in
1: San Diego, so it's
0: always spring. <laughs> <laughs> nice hey uh well thanks for taking the time to um come on the do pastino show and i just wanted to it, your your personal story is uh amazing and i think it's important for uh us to learn off of you and um your trials and tribulations of your career and life and and all that so uh what made you join the Navy and go to Navy SEAL selection? Uh, I mean, I could say it's probably not
1: the most politically correct answer, but I've actually told it different in like this professional type of settings. But since you're you, I'll give you the real story. Um, and you'll actually appreciate this. My uh, my dad, uh, you know, he was a cop in L.A. And uh, he came back from work one night or maybe the next day. And he had said that he had worked with this guy that was a SEAL in Vietnam, right? Yeah. I didn't know anything about it. I think I was in seventh grade. He he mentioned that they used to go out like on these patrols and kill a bunch of bad guys, but they'd cut the ears off the enemy and wearing those necklaces. So I thought that was like super cool. I'm like, wow, that's what I want to do for a living. So wow. Literally, my first like, wow, that's just what seals do. Um, you know, obviously, that was just the, I guess, introduction to something completely allure to what I had been used to. And um, then started looking more at what seals were, which were very, it was very vague back then, right? Nobody really knew there was no movies. Then the movie Navy Seals came out, all that good stuff. But I think just learning about the um, applications of how they were used, the units, um, small units, the, uh, you know, elitism and everything brought to the table. I just thought, like, what better way to apply my uh, or try to apply in my life than to go try and do something like
0: that. Excellent. And you, you went in right after high school? No, so I actually um, was
1: teetering on going to college for, a, a, you know, a bachelor's. So in the meantime, I uh, went to college for two years. I swam, did everything I could to get ready for, you know, getting into the, the team's lifeguarded um swam competitively in college, uh, lifeguarded everything, you know, under the sun. And I think I was ready to go in 20 when I was 21. And so two years after high school or whatever, two and a half, three years. And I uh, hurt my knee. So it caused me to back up like nine, nine months. And so I ended up going in about four years after high school.
0: Gotcha. What did it take to make it through, Buds?
1: Um, I guess, you know, the cookie cutter answer is like 10% physical 90% mental, but I think looking back for, on for it for you. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's more of a, just like just 10% or not, not even a percentage It's just, you had to be obviously physically fit. Right. Yeah. You had to be mentally strong, but you had to be hard, I guess, and just grit it. Cause there were some times when all the mental toughness in the world wasn't going to, you know, it, it just was It's like almost a stupid kind of hard. Like you're just going to go through it. It's going to hurt your body. Um, and Not dumb, like man, dumb, but just where you're just refusing to quit. <laughs> um, it was, you know, one of these things like, you know, again, all these cookie cutter answers is mental toughness and focus. I mean, that goes out the window when you're freezing and jackhammering, and you're tired as hell. It was just, you can't focus on anything so at that point it's just pure raw ability to just stay hard and grit it I mean that's honestly right when kids ask it what's the what's the secret I said, no secret just don't be a wuss you know <laughs> Go, just be as hard as you can and be in shape Um, for me it was like the first week I noticed my forearms were not in shape so that was Horrible climbing ropes and O courses and all, but again, for everyone's different, that was always a good runner and swimmer. So that didn't get me, but I mean, they're going to get you regardless. You can't swim forever and you can't run forever. But again, it was just that I got to be hard. Um, I can't. And you know what the other thing was growing up in the San Fernando Valley. um, It's kind of a, it's, it's, you know, it's an area of LA, but it's pretty small, not geographically, but people know each other in the Valley And I told everybody since seventh grade, I was going to be a seal. And I was not about to go back to the Valley. And I had started testing with the LAPD and LA Sheriffs before just as a contingency. And I was like, screw that, I'm not going to go back. I was like, quit to go back and, you know, start, start another career when this was what I wanted to do. So for me, it was more about that pride, I guess. Um, not really a shame thing because there's no shame if you
0: don't make it, but
1: it was more just pride. Like, I'm not going to go back and tell people I didn't make it. So,
0: so, so it sounds like you didn't have a plan B, which is a common thread with with people that make it through these tough selection processes or um, uh, goals uh, to be met.
1: I yeah, curious? no, I didn't. Again, I was confused at first. Like, should I try and go to the police department first? I'm 21, and try in, or 20 and a half, whatever it was, and try and go through the academy. And then just talking to my uncle and a few other cops, all, all people that were cops or deputies in LA, um, they were just like, why? The, the department will always be there. Like, go do what you want to do. Go be different. Go be better. And go do it. So, you know, I don't think my mom and dad raised me to, or raised us. Actually, I take that back. It was always a teetering of safety, security, pensions, that type of stuff we were raised. Yep. But I think my brother and I, you know, because, you know, he became a SEAL as well. We both just said, screw it. This is what we're going to do. No plan B. So, yeah, you're right. It was That's
0: badass. Uh, you and your brother, uh, Navy SEALs. That's impressive.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, uh, it was cool. Very proud moment when he became one.
0: What team did you after you graduated Buds, what team did you end up on? Uh team one. Okay. Out of Coronado. Gotcha. And uh your did you immediately deploy once you hit the team and, and where did you deploy? And, and uh, kind of go with that?
1: we I think I got slotted for a team, which was actually gonna be one of the very last ARG alphas. Which meaning you rode a boat. I mean, you weren't always on the boat, but you rode it like from point A to point B. Um, I was so, <laughs> this sucks, type of thing. Like, you know, everyone says you don't ride a boat in, in, the, in the teams. And that's the one exception to the rule an ARG Alpha platoon. But those were like phasing out, obviously. Um, then when 9 11 happened, uh, it was no, none of those. Everybody was deploying somewhere. Um, so it was just all training. And then we got word that we were going to the Middle East and Afghanistan for three months or four months, whatever it was first, you know, we were rotating with another platoon to do, um, stuff on the Gulf into Afghanistan and then they would do Afghanistan and then back to the Gulf. So it was, it was a good rotation with our sister platoon um, that we were just doing constant training for it.
0: So you've been on multiple combat operations and, I, I know that you uh, got injured and have a disability as a result of one of those operations. Can you kind of go over that and the resilience behind it? Um, the disability, yeah. So the injury itself sucked.
1: It was, I guess, one of these things that um, when it happened, it didn't even you know, register at first. Uh, so what happened? I, we were just on and off um, a Taliban compound and a joint hit with a, uh, a foreign uh, soft unit. They went in the compound, we went around and I don't know, within 20 minutes, 30 minutes, there was, I mean, constant gunfire all over the place from, from up above, down below. Everywhere. And it, it was pretty awesome because it was one of these surreal moments where you look up and, you know, guys are shooting at you and then you see helicopters just destroying them. And it was one of these things that you see in movies and you can't really fathom like, holy shit, this is really happening. <clears throat> but it was pretty cool. So anyhow, we, we um, were designated to go after some squirters and we yeah. went to a field and lo and behold, we got and um what ensued from the gunfight was me taking a round uh to my thigh and i again i didn't know it at first i thought it was i mean it was oh two it was very early i thought it was a landmine and uh it was it was terrible the way i described it to everybody when i got back was how mark mcguire and barry bonds were the home run dudes at that time and it was more like a uh uh, them swinging an ice pick through your leg, but, you know, times 10. So Ouch. got that, you know, I, I didn't realize then, you know, then registering that I'm not dead. Um, Hurt, calling out for, you know, my guys, but not wanting to be too loud because I didn't want to get executed. If guy, other guys were shot and nobody was around. So I had to grit it, go on my radio. Um, and ironically, I just saw the main guy that saw my life about a year and a half ago in Arkansas. He's, he's an attorney out there now. And uh, he was telling me some stuff I completely forgot, like saying that I was hurt bad. Just that's what I kept saying. I'm, I'm, I'm hit bad or, or something like that. And ironically, he had gotten hit in the buffer of his M4, which hit his chin, knocked, made his gun inserviceable. He was trying to clear the jam. He went to his pistol he heard me, he went over to me. So he was saying like within a matter of a minute, he was trying to clear his primary, get it back to, you know, get it back online. He was a former corpsman, a former 18 Delta. So he was trying to render aid to me and trying to hold security and call for the rendezvous where we were. So he's trying to do all these things at once. And, um, you know, it it kind of dawned on me if he would have gotten that round would have been, An inch higher or lower he would have been shot in the face and killed obviously and um there's no way i would have survived
0: there's absolutely no way so that was very very hairy situation you were in and and, uh you know your training your your character attitude really (laughs) and quick thinking got you out of that um did he put a tourniquet on your leg He did. He said that he reached down
1: and felt my leg. And again, being a former 18 Delta, it's not something he was, you know, a stranger to. And he said his whole hand went inside my leg. Okay. So yeah, then after that, he realized he had to put a tourniquet on and uh, yeah, it was just, he said it was very insane. Um, then the, the, then the other corpsman got there and, you know, he started working on me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was just a cluster. I think I got dropped four times, put on the wrong
0: helicopter. It was just craziness. Unbelievable. Um, appreciate your sacrifice, Johnny. Um, so after you're, you're wounded, you get sent to the hospital now starts the healing process. I mean, you're, you're a go-getter, you're a hard charger and being taken out of the the fight, which I know you guys loved, you know, there's a mental aspect to this. There's the pain aspect, um, and the healing aspect of your injury. How did you get through that? Um,
1: I think just with the desire to want to go back. Um, I don't, again, I think it was the same thing that got me through buds. It was not, anything magical. It was all the doctors telling me, oh, you, you know, you can retire or get out with no, you know, no shame and hell your head high, all this nonsense, right? And I wasn't yep. about to do that. I wasn't about to get out. Um I still felt I had a lot of fight in me. I was, you know, those what are those cowbells, the triangles that go above your hospital bed where the, you, you can lift yourself up and move around. I was like trying to do pull-ups on those on a daily basis, just, just to get back some strength to get back. Um, It sucked. It was terrible. It was painful, but it was the same, I guess, determination that got me through buds. I guess that got to me, got me where I am today that, you know, got me through that. It wasn't just, again, a little bit of mental, um, a lot of physical, and then a lot of just, you got to just suck it up and do it. There, there's no question.
0: Yeah. You certainly persevered. You had the tenacity, the fortitude, like these words are, you know, popping up all the time with our guests and you're an ex- excellent example of this. No. Yeah. What thank you. Doing... It's, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's, it's not, it, you know, there's not
1: one thing that I can pinpoint that did it. It was a little bit of everything just, I, I again maybe getting through buds helped me. Maybe being a team guy helped me. Maybe I don't know. It was just, but I wasn't about to go out off of one deployment. <laughs> so
0: what what was your favorite moment in in the SEALs?
1: Well, every time. <laughs> We working or on Liberty?
0: No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 um, like any um, any particular mission or training? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. No, I'm or... joking.
1: Yes, probably um, just being in Afghanistan and seeing all the other soft dudes, especially being a new guy, you know, seeing all the other soft guys with these crazy beards, everybody's, you know, in shape. Some guys just had been there for six months, looked like they were running ragged. Um, just that whole aspect of being somewhere where you trained, Train, train, train for. And then having guys that had done three, four, five platoons or troops, you know, whatever, um, th- three, four pumps. And they still haven't even, because this is all pre-combat that I joined or pre-war, right? 99. Right. Um, so, so of guys hadn't even done very many or one or at all any real world ops. So me being there as a new guy was like very fortunate, even though I got wounded. I mean, I don't take that back for the the world i mean it was it was awesome um doing the ops we had trained for doing srs which you know are i don't even know if they're still doing them in that capacity but going to get in because you know with all the isr and everything you don't really have to i, I don't know I, I don't know the quite but back then we were still going in and staying for three four days trying to get eyes on take pictures and send them back satellite. so all that cool, sneaky, peaky stuff. And then doing the DA is just everything that we had trained for. Um,
0: it was, that cool. was probably the best part of it. Johnny, what are you doing now? So
1: now it took me quite a while to get to this moment, but uh, I am, honestly, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing when people ask. Um, I am working directly partnered with a very large company out of Canada, um, one of their main ammo arms, um, and, or arm, ammo mainly, but other stuff, but distributor manufacturers. Um, but through that, working through some other uh, um, angles, some other networks we have, primarily in the ammo business. So, you know, I don't know what you'd quite classify me as right now. Um, more on the distributor side, um, or the high end, or the high... Uh, I guess the higher level, the higher volume wholesale side or or distributor, working with those guys, Um, and that's kind of the the main thing I have going on right now. That Um, we did get in a PPE for a few years, um, or I'm sorry, a few years, a year, um, but just the last few months, things started really getting some residual income. So that was like a year of almost nothing striking out big deals going south and then all of a sudden just staying involved in it and just cutting up the fat staying in it we we started turning a profit so that's been phenomenal um the main thing is though my ballistics company but that's getting back online just because covet hit and covet kicked our you know kicked our butts man it put everything back i mean it set everything back to the beginning even before so now we have gotten a plan back of action for our moldable ballistic polyurethane to get that back into the market, um, but do it correctly this time, not so much with all this R and D. So between everything I'm doing, probably everything has to do with our skill set, yours and I, right? The ammo arms business and our networks. Um, I guess you kind of said the same thing, right? Like you kind of realize you're trying to do all these other things. And, you know, me after getting my degree in marketing, trying to do all this corporate stuff that it, it was great trying to, but this is kind of who we are to get back into this
0: mix. So why not kind of mesh the two worlds and go forward with it? Right. Exactly. You know, I'm hearing that what you learned in your career as a Navy SEAL has helped you in the business world. Uh, one of the things you mentioned is you, you gritted it out. You, you didn't quit with, uh, your company not turning a profit and then eventually it started to turn a profit and that that happens quite frequently you know people giving up right before they become successful especially in the business world so that's a great perspective you're bringing up and i feel that they are uh you know it it works well together the the military background you have and then merging it and morphing it into the business world and, and using those uh, techniques, tactics, procedures, and mentality behind it? hundred percent. I mean, it's beyond,
1: and obviously there's successful people that have never been in the military. That's not what I know you're saying. That's not what I'm saying. Um, it's just the commonality between all of us, whether it's, you know, your profession, our profession, or uh, <clears throat> anything else where we have to do this and just grit it out where Do stuff the average people pay to do, or they only read in books, right? Um, We we, we did it on a daily basis. It was fun. It was hard. It took a lot of sacrifice, but we did it. I mean, staying up two, three days to do whatever, um, it it sucks, but you do it. So yes, in the business world, um, people telling me, um, including a lot of people very close to me, you know, go, you need to get back in the workforce, this and that, get a job and nothing wrong with being in the workforce. Hell, you can make a lot of money, but that wasn't what I wanted to do. Plus having my injury, plus having everything else that had happened to me. I just, it's very hard to be in the workforce and work directly for somebody on a day. And I don't mean like you're partnered with people, you have other, you know, business partners or or other networks. I'm talking when you go to work every day, punch the clock, all that, that was, extremely hard for me to do just with everything else going on. So I said, really, the only way for me to be truly successful is to stick with it and do my own
0: thing. And it yeah, took so you, quite a while, but here I am. You, sh- you shifted your mindset 15 degrees in the business world and, and you're an entrepreneur as a result of it. And You, you changed your tactics and you're, you're successful now as a result of it uh, in a civilian world. It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, it didn't come without sacrifice, though, just like Buzz or just like the teams. I mean, hell, I ended up in the hospital three times because of stress. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was my heart. I thought it was my head, and it was nothing. They did all these tests on me. It was stress. Um, obviously, I got divorced. Um, you know, a lot of other things, but I don't know if those were the result of me starting the business or if those would have happened um, regardless, right? But the point is it was still sacrificed going through all this, right. The distress of it all. And, right. you know, people oh, this is going to kill you. Oh, so what, you know um, th- the other thing, obviously that was bound to happen here. And uh, now everything's going well, after all that, I mean, everything's going extremely well. So, you know, you, you get your cards that you're dealt and you make, not just make the best of them. That's, I guess, for the average person, you fricking figure out a way to win every gosh damn hand you can. Yeah. And uh, you go forward with it. So
0: heck yeah, I, I like hearing that, Johnny. Johnny, what's your word? Um, yeah. So I don't remember we, we we talked about
1: that, right? And um, yep. I had said, I think I had mentioned like being flexible, right, to you. Yeah. Um, and yes, that is one of them. Just you have to be able to be flexible and be fluid. Um, but the other one I was thinking is, it's kind of a hybrid of two words. Um, I don't know how you would roll this in, but it's more of that unlock like, and be able to explore when you unlock. But I guess that unlock where you, you have to let your normal mindset become something else. So your way of thinking has to change if you want to be successful in business you or anything like we're talking about, you can't have yeah. your average way of thinking. And, Oh my gosh, the world thinks this way of me or, you know, um, it just, you have to, you have to be able to switch your mindset. Right. Um, And you just have to unlock different things that are in your mind that were there that weren't there, but you have to let them process. If you're always constantly guarding and you don't want to do things and you're used to being conventional about it, you're never going to get anywhere because you're always so worried about it. Right. So you have to let yourself just, I guess, be flexible and unlock those emotions and those skill sets and figure out how to master them. Man, I
0: love that word. Unlock. That's that's great wisdom, Johnny. Wow. And you've been through so much and you're still dealing with, you know, your disability and and being successful in the business world. Kudos to you. And I appreciate uh, everything you've done for our country. Bryce, you got any other questions for Johnny? No, I don't. I'm all good. Okay. Johnny, thank you. I appreciate you coming on. Um, Bryce, do you have a WWRD question? Yes. Um, Somebody said, I worry too much about what people think of me and I feel it may be holding me back, holding me back. What are your recommendations? Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) That actually goes along with what Johnny was just saying. Yeah. Don't
1: don't worry about what anyone else is thinking. You just do it. I mean, I had to get a bunch of stuff back online in my life. Um, I told, you know, Ron, I kind of told you offline the, the things that are going phenomenal in my life right now that are helping me, you know, to, to be better. And, you know, if I was worried about what anybody thought about the way I'm living my life now, um, I I guess I wouldn't be here. So you just don't, don't care. I don't, I don't care what people think anymore. Um, You just have to figure out if it's right, if it's ethical and do it. Um, Because if you're living your life for everybody else's worry, then, you're not really living your own life. You're kind of being a pup, you know being puppeteered by the world, and that's not that's no way to live.
0: I I second that, Johnny. The uh, most successful people on the planet. One of the main things they say is don't care what other people think. Follow your goals. And yeah, no, and absolutely. I mean, them.
1: you you like I said, you, you've got to find something in your off time. Um, I definitely think you have to have somebody that's your um uh your kind of your other half. You have to have somebody to share it with and bounce it off your uh what you're doing. Um and for for me, you know, I told you everything about that. Now everything's going wonderful for me in, in all those areas. So without any of those three, without finding my new hobbies, without finding somebody new in my life. And uh, without being able to just only not only worry but not care about what the world thinks, I don't think without those three things kind of in unison, I, I keeps I would keep probably falling back. But to have everything kind of going for me and trying to teeter, um, I guess not spend so much time with only work, you know, but not go doing kickboxing for ten hours a day, right? Um, right. Um, making sure my relationship was good with my girlfriend, everything on all fronts, balancing them out. Um, my kids, making sure I'm spending time with my kids. If, if I didn't do those things, um, I guess, you know, maybe I was super successful, but then maybe I'm spending all that time alone. Maybe I don't have anyone in my life. Maybe my kids don't want to see me. There's all these different aspects, right? So I think just yeah. the balancing act of being mentally, strong but also mentally clear like you've you can't just be and there's a the time in your life right where you are just work 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 but people have to know it that are around you your loved ones they have to know okay you're going to be focused on work for two weeks because you you can't have any other time this has to be you know what you're doing but you've got to balance it you know you've got to get away with you know go do something go do yourself, for yourself find hobbies so you've got to i don't know for me that was the biggest thing is just finding that balancing act to um
0: to, you yes. know, to so have it, everything so you got a process you got a process and it's a balanced process and that that's a recipe <laughs> for success man like yeah it took me it took me almost 10 years to find it
1: but <laughs> <laughs> you know um but 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 i did so you know i yeah, guess it's, it's been great man just getting back on the on the horse um you know it, it's 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 been awesome just again not the success side of it that's you know what I've always been working to but finding the other things in my life that keep me happy keep me focused so that's truly this you know my secret success is just being able to have everything um, and move forward know that
0: there's a good end in sight right exactly like your mentality you keep shifting 15 degrees left right trying to figure it out trying to, to find the recipe for your goals and success. And, and that's what I'm seeing what you did. And, and that's how you become so successful. So uh, we can all learn from this, Johnny. Um, I really appreciate you coming on and we will see you folks next week. Have a great week. And remember to do.